Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado. I'm so glad you're here. Yes, I'm getting better. Thanks for your emails. You can still hear my little sniffle. Uh, it's going around and around and around. I don't know what's happening over on other continents, but here in the United States, if you're tuning in, uh, there is some kind of a crazy bug going around. The good news is uh, <clears throat> you probably don't have it. <laughs> and I'm getting better, but anyway, yeah. Thanks for, for checking in on me, everybody. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time and you don't know me and you don't care if I have a cold, you just want to hear about Megan McFeely, our guest today, you have come to the right place. Uh, Megan has created a film, As She Is, is the title of the film. We're going to be talking with this filmmaker and director this hour about her life, her film, her inspiration, and uh, it promises to be a, a gorgeous hour program today. Before we get there, let's do what... I would invite everybody to do, actually, even if we were just together hanging out, I might say to you, let's get here. Let's get all the way here. It's a wonderful invitation in a culture of fast is not fast enough, right? How do we get present without it being a cliche or an idea? Well, one thing I would invite you to do is turn your attention towards your breath, just noticing where your breath is in your body. Nothing to do about it. Just notice as you begin to arrive, coming all the way into the body. If you're driving, it's like patting your head and rubbing your belly. You can just notice your breath. If you're walking or sitting, bringing a deeper awareness to your breath, it actually starts to calm your nervous system. I don't know about you, but my shoulders get up around my earlobes pretty quick when I get moving from zero to 80 miles an hour in the school zone, right, <laughs> about 10 a.m. or whatever. We've got lots going on, but let's just breathe a little more deeply. You can even listen to the sound of yourself, the sound of your breath maybe whistling in and out of your nose or passing between your lips. There you go, getting present so we can receive Megan's presence this hour. We're getting ready for her. We're also going to get grateful. That's the second thing we like to do on the program. I like to do. If you don't like being grateful, do it anyway. (laughs) One of the ways that I would invite you to do that is finding a portal of gratitude. And and in all seriousness, there is no easy uh, task here at hand. Being grateful may be something that's part of your daily practice, but 
when we're really honest with ourselves, it's not always easy to cultivate. So I would invite you to answer the following question. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? And just notice what expands or what opens and follow that. Who helped make it possible for you to eat your breakfast? I was watching my husband eat some oatmeal, and I was thinking about when we drive through the Central Valley sometimes or you know, watching all of the farmers and the gorgeous beings uh, harvesting our foods, the tens and hundreds and thousands of people that make it possible for us to eat our food, the clothes we wear, the electronic devices we use. Go ahead and go down your list, find your portal, enjoying your breath and your growing perspective of gratitude. And I'm going to mention uh, several folks who make this program possible right here at Marian Live. The OneWorldChildrensFund.org, they are our honorary sponsors here at Marian Live. They are uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty, and you can check them out online, OneWorldChildrensFund.org. At the national level, we've got the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values women and each other. Check them out online, NACTION.org. They make programming like this possible for the last decades, as a matter of fact. And at the local level, the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, uh, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation and the wonderful bookstore to troll around. I've been doing it for about two decades now. Uh, love that store. And if you like books, of course you do. If you like tuning into Marian Live, we have authors and, and human potential leaders from all over the world who've written uh, great bodies of work. You may find uh, Megan McFeely's film or things like it at the Open Secret Bookstore. So check them out when you have a chance. We're so grateful they are supporting our programming. All right, we're breathing. We're trying to access some gratitude. Let's talk a little bit about our guest today. Megan McFeely. Uh, she's a friend of mine, by the way, which I'm, I'm so excited to have a, a friend uh, be doing such amazing work in the world. I like to think everybody's my brother or sister unless they're really bad and evil, and then even then I have to try to love them. But Megan and I have uh, been dancing together and, and being friends for a number of years, and this work that she's going to share with you today is pretty extraordinary. A film that she's created as she is and we're going to talk with her about her career history, um, how this movie came to be, her trials and tribulations, and we're going to talk about the feminine, uh, what's happening on the planet with regard to the divine feminine, which is uh, a term a lot of us have been hearing more and more in so many different ways. Uh, let me tell you, Megan McFeely, director-producer, has been on a journey towards what is natural, essential and authentic for most of her life. The question, who are we as human beings from the inside of ourselves, has been at the center of her inquiry. She met her Sufi teacher after her life fell apart 18 years ago, and as a career, she spent more than 25 years providing strategic communication counsel for media and technology companies, authors and nonprofit organizations to create voice and visibility for what is coming next. As She Is, her film uh, was first screened at the Library of Alexandria in Egypt to 200 women from 20 different countries. It also won Best Debut Documentary Filmmaker in the 
SEFF in Toronto. Um, we want to welcome you to the program, Megan. We're so glad you're here. Wow. That was beautiful. <laughs> I'm so glad you kind of led us through that meditation because I wasn't in my heart, and now I am in my heart, and so we're going to have a different conversation because of that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's so simple. It right? is so simple. And free. That's the other part. <laughs> right? But the, the issue is just, just remembering. It's like, you know, you're buzzing along, and then if you don't, I don't know, we got to get a timer that says, oh, are you connected to your heart yeah. right now? Are you yeah. connected to your heart right now? Yeah. And um, I think that would be, I don't know, a really useful because... I forget all the time. Yeah, we all do. And, you know, in the culture where we think we know everything, we think right. the one shot was good enough. Oh, I know that. Well, the thing right. is, we need to do that, like right. you're saying, right? Well, knowing and doing. Right. Two different things. I mean, I see this all the time in conversations about the feminine, which is, oh, I have an intellectual understanding of what the feminine is, but, and my question is, do you live it? Yeah. Is it an embodied expression of how you are in the world. Right. And I often see that that's not the case. Um, but, you know, I, I also see that it is the case. But it, it is, that's a real challenge, I think. People think they understand it, therefore they live it. And, right. and the masculine is the mind, right? Yeah. That's the mind. The understanding is the mind, and the embodiment is, is the embodiment. Well, we're going to break some of that out because some yeah. people may or may not have that orientation, True. Uh, might not see masculine and feminine as a metaphor. We often get stuck in that gendered idea of yeah. this. We're going to talk about this. I think this is a great entree, however, for there you were, Nikki McFeely, on this amazing career track, making it happen, you know, frying up the bacon, you know, having the big life, as they say. There you were. And then something started to happen. Because here's the thing. We can name anything, but like you said, yeah. until we understand, until we have that depth of understanding, that embodied understanding, our lives just kind of chug along in the direction that, that the momentum is going. So tell us what happened with you. You started noticing an angst. Um, you know, just take it from there when your yeah. life started to unravel. Well, you know, I was, I was at a startup and... In the early days of the, of the internet, and um, and I was working. You know, I, I think there were days I didn't even have. You know, I, I would get it there at ten, and I would leave at ten, and I and there were months I didn't have a day off, and that was for months and months, maybe six months. Um, that was just you know one portion of it, but um, I worked and worked, and um, I wasn't eating well, um, but it wasn't. A dissatisfaction because I was completely and utterly driven towards whatever that was. I didn't even really know what that was, but there is a real drive in me, and it was being expressed in trying to make these companies successful. But what happened was my my life decided that this was not going to be the way it was for me going forward, and there were um, three deaths within three weeks and my partner committed suicide and then my brother's wife and son died in a fire and then we had to you know come around my brother and see how we could you know support him so essentially things were just destroyed and um i remember i didn't have any knowledge of god at that time like i didn't have a belief system my parents were mostly intellectual and I had um, 
you know, I just had the the normal American, you know, kind of consumer perspective on the world. You know, if I get stuff, I'm going to be happy. Um, but this shook me obviously to the core, um, and I couldn't function. I I actually tried to go back to work, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and so. Um, my body also crashed at the same time because the trauma was so immense and there was, you know, such a need in my family for me to be present and help my brother survive what he went through. Um, that, but what I remember was that I was grieving, like, um, in different stages. Like, there would be, it was like three different movies playing in front of my face. The first movie was The Loss of My Love, who um, killed himself. And um, and then the next one was the loss of my brother's family. And then the next thing that was playing was all of the heartbreak from my childhood. So this trauma cracked me open, and I had to work with all of this content. It would be this for two days, and then the next thing would come. It would be this different issue. And But what was amazing to me is that I knew I was being held. And, um, you know, people were afraid I was going to kill myself because how does one deal with something like that? It's so traumatic. And, um, but on some level, there was a holding, and uh, I had no idea what that was. What is this holding? Um, But, so I continued to just process, and my my company gave me leave, and um, I was planning on going back, but I actually couldn't go back. It just... I, my life had been changed, and I needed to find another way to live. I needed to find different priorities and um, live some values that I had, you know, instinctually inside my heart, live those values. So that's how it happened. Um, I, I describe it as being kicked down the stairs, and uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been crawling back up the stairs for, you know, that was almost 20 years ago. 20 years ago, and I've been doing this work for 20 years now. Um, so that's Let's talk a little bit. Thank you for that, mm. Megan. First of all, you know, we can, again, back to language. It seems so yeah. inept in, in many ways, and yeah. so people can feel into what you're saying. Yeah. We're having, talk about, um, you know, listening into the feminine side, feeling yeah. into your words is yeah. where, where really the, the opportunity is here. The, the, yeah. the idea that we would just go, oh, my values are changing, I'm going to leave a job that's linked right. to my survival, is not, you know, those two sentences are, are shattering. Life as you knew it yeah. was shattered on so many it's levels, true. right, or dissolved, yeah. and there you were. Now we can use language to so sort of in a tidy way name what happened, but yeah. while you were going through it, everything you knew around you was unrecognizable. Yeah. So this True. this thing that you say I've been doing that you found Sufism. Tell us how you found it eventually, or practice, and how you know what I mean. Because that's yeah. what I feel like the it you're talking about is. Well, it, it. the it is actually not Sufism. The it is me. The it is me. I found my heart. I found a connection to my own soul. You know, it can be any practice, um, and mine is a mystical practice, which is direct experience that's that's direct experience with the universe direct experience with life direct experience with your own heart and soul and that for me is is 
is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, whether I have a teacher or not, I don't think that that's relevant. What I think is relevant is that um, I was connected deeply to myself. I sent, I was sent on a journey to do this connecting to myself. And, I, and it, 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 you know, it was so, it was such a deep process that, um, and I, I was forced to reckon with so many things that were inconsistent in the way that I was living my life. But um, it really was, uh, like, I, like you said in the intro, who am I from inside myself? Who am I undefined from things outside of me? You know, the ideas of the culture, expectations of parents, you know, partners, or who is this person inside? I remember long time ago, I used to have a drinking, a bit of a drinking problem after college, you know. A bit of one. A bit of one. <laughs> I loved it. I actually yeah, right? loved being drunk, but it didn't cause, <laughs> you know, it didn't cause, it didn't help my life, to be honest with you. It was a way to avoid. So you'd still be drinking if it worked, right? Right, exactly. It was just a way to avoid the pain. But one night, I was in my 20s, and I was in the bathroom, after, you know, drinking and I had was brushing my teeth and I got up on the, the counter and I looked in the mirror and I looked in my eyes and I just kept saying, who are you? Like, like who are you? And, and I think that without having been a little drunk, I never would have allowed myself permission to do such a what one might think an odd thing. So, but that was the first kind of step towards trying to recognize something essential in my nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's the journey I've, mm-hmm. I've been on and am still on and will be on for the rest of my life here. You know, something you said, thank you for that. Something you said struck me also, um, this I was called. You know, we hear this um, from people who've awakened, from people on a path that something is calling them, yeah. this awakening, right? These yeah. existential questions come from somewhere. You were, yes. you know, half in the bag looking at yourself in the mirror going, who are you? But, you know, that's a big question, <laughs> right? Who it are is. you? What's yeah. calling us? And yeah. this brings to yeah. mind, and, and this yeah. is thread throughout your movie, which, by the way, if you're just joining us, Megan McFeely's in the house with us today on Marianne Live, and she's talking about her new film, as she is, it's a gorgeous journey in reclaiming the feminine, living and valuing the feminine aspects of our lives. Um, but this, this piece that you've woven through the film, without saying it specifically for the most part, but it's implied everywhere, is that the, the feminine is what's calling us, essentially. At least that's from my perspective. And we have it that, that so, it feels so personal, and it is, but yet it's calling all of us. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Because this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, you, you're paraphrasing so beautifully, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and I, I, the soul is calling. Each human being has a soul. And the soul is calling us. But the soul is feminine, you know, because it's about relationship to the inner life. You know, we have these external lives. We define ourselves externally. But the inner life is, is the soul and a deep relationship to the soul and to your dreams and to your intuition and to your creativity and all the things that um, require an inner listening. 
We'll get back after the break, Megan, and we're going to talk about this soul and how it inspired you, your, your reclamation of your soul, and uh, in the making of As She Is, how that happened. Folks want to hear all the details. Don't touch that dial, everybody. We'll be right back. Keep breathing, feeling gratitude, and go online. In the meantime, com for more information. Back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. everybody. Welcome back to Marianne Live. So glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. But where else are you going to be? You want to know what Megan's film's about, as she is? Who doesn't want to go on the odyssey into the deep feminine or soul or reclaim our soul? Isn't that what we're all trying to do these days? All right. There's somebody, I'm not going to mention his name, DT, that's not doing that, but doesn't matter. And I didn't say that, and you didn't hear that here. But anyway... On to more important things at the moment. Megan, we're so glad you're with us today because this journey that you took is one that many of us um, are being called to, are in the midst of in some way. I think that's why so many people relate to your film. There is a big, overwhelming yes, right? And you've taken care to artistically articulate this soul's journey. So there you were. uh, Your life had uh, come to an impasse. Uh, 18 years ago, and you have been on this journey, uh, really uh, learning to live these feminine principles in your life, and your film takes us through that journey. Tell us why film, uh, when that came about, and and how you got called into this project. Well, um, I'm a dreamer, and I I actually listen to my dreams. Um, it's a way to relate to your inner being, you know. I mean, our unconscious is constantly trying to inform us about 
you know, what the deeper message is, what the deeper flow is, or where you're stuck or lost. Um, so I started having these dreams, and in one of the dreams I was told that I need to speak or show my life. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I, d- I had no idea what that meant. Well, that's way better than some amorphous image of some yeah. thing you didn't yeah. recognize. At least you got words. I you got know, words. Lucky, no, lucky it's for true. you. Sometimes right? I just wake up and I'm like told something directly, but yeah, of I course I don't always know what that yeah, means. Yeah. You know, like I said, what it what does that mean? So I actually sat with it for a long time, and um, and and sometimes we can think it's about an external expression. But often it's an internal expression. So do I need to tell myself the story of my life? Because when we tell ourselves the story of our lives, it's essentially about um, reclamation and integration. Mm -hmm. So it could have just been that, that I need to tell myself the story of my own life. But then I had another dream, and it was pretty clear that, I need to make a film. It was there's a film camera there, right? In the stream. I don't remember exactly the details, sorry, but but I um I never made a film and it was pretty terrifying. I was like, Are you kidding? Okay, so this is how this the the idea was is okay, I'm gonna film what it looks like to try to reclaim the feminine. And I was gonna find somebody who was going on this journey, you know, and that would allow me the level of intimacy that would be required in order for me to film someone else's journey. <laughs> That's, like, laughable. Like, who, I like it. It's very clever. Who, who's going to do that? You know, like, am I, <laughs> how am I going to get somebody to do that, right? So till the very end, honestly, we I shot 50 interviews for this film, and it's because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. This young guy came into my life, and I said, I need somebody to help. And he says, and I said, I don't know how to do it. And he said, well, let's just start. And that's the great young masculine energy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, what's Initiation. the problem? <laughs> let's yeah. just do it. Mm-hmm. So we started to just make, you know, do interviews. I mean, I was pretty clear on the questions I wanted to ask. Um, but I didn't know how the film was going to, sh- you know, take shape at the end. And filmmakers are saying to me, you know, this is not a film. <laughs> There's no visual movement through time, mm. you know. Mm. And that's what a film needs is like, you know, the beginning, the middle, and the end. And there isn't that. And um, I kept saying, okay, so what? I'm going to do it anyway because this is the calling. And um, so I I continued to, to try and understand what was needed. And I knew that I wanted it to be beautiful. And I knew that I needed... Um, a good editor, and um, and I wanted it to touch people's hearts. And I just said, you know, I don't care. All these things outside are telling me that it's not possible, but I don't care. And I just accepted that I was going to make a shitty film, you know, that it was going to be a bad film, um, and that allowed me freedom to actually try uh, what I to, to try and find what what was true to me. 
and to express what was true to me. By releasing this fear I had about I have to make something good. But, of course, I had donors, too, you know. Like, I had to go raise money, and, and I, you know, I really didn't want to make a bad film. I wanted to make a good film. But um, I had to give myself permission to make a bad film in order for the pressure to be relieved and in order to put all those voices outside me on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was saying, I don't know what you're doing. This doesn't make any sense. I don't think you can do this. So um, so I had this great editor, and it was a woman. It is a woman. And we just put down all of the content. I, I went through every interview, and I figured out, okay, this is the timeline. The flow of information should work this way. We put it all down, and then we started to put images, beautiful images. She was so skilled at this, and she had a deep connection to the feminine herself. And so there was this beautiful flow. And then we realized we needed a person in it, you know. We needed a personal story. And the only person that had a story was me. Like, <laughs> So until, you know, very late in the film, I was really resisting being in it. And then finally it was just clear. There was just no choice. I had to be in it because it has to be relatable. You can't just have a bunch of talking heads, you know, this is this and this and this. It has to be a relationship and I knew that and I knew that I also had the capacity to be, to be vulnerable enough so that a relationship could start. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What's interesting is I was listening to you tell the story, I could feel the polarity between the masculine principle and the feminine principle, yeah. which I'd love to talk about that, right? Yeah. That that very action-oriented, let's yeah. do it yeah. and that there's a right way to do it yeah. and a wrong way to do it and all of these ideas and that the, the feminine principle was like, okay, I'm going to let the masculine hold this. We're in action, but follow the very fluid, not knowing, really trusting, right, all of like that. So talk about that and and, and tell us more about, you know, this masculine-feminine That's That's so beautiful. Thank you for recognizing that. So it was a real struggle, right? The masculine, you know, I had to raise money, and I had to convince people that I could do this. I'd never made a film before, and so... um, but I also had to surrender to this, whatever was coming through me, this creative expression. And it was a struggle. It was, you know, it took a year to edit this film. And there were times in the edit room where my, my editor, who I adore, but she, it, you know, she's a professional editor. She's very successful. And she wanted it to be, you know, she's also linear. She was like, no, we have to do this, this, and this. And I'd be like, well, this little idea, like this little voice, this feminine voice would be trying to come up and it would get hacked off. Mm -hmm. And here I am making a film about the feminine voice Mm -hmm. and in the dynamic, it's still being hacked off. Mm -hmm. So we had, you know, I I had recognition what was happening and I started to, you know, communicate this. We had, you know, we had an argument um, and then God bless my editor. She said, she went away for a couple of days, and she came back, and she said, you're right. We, we are doing this. I am doing this. Let's figure out how your voice can really be present here. And, um, and so what I found, Marianne, which was a new thing to me, nothing I expected, was that the masculine and the feminine rose together, right? So the feminine would get really vulnerable and bring forward a feeling or a thought or an insight, and the masculine would hold the container. So it, they both grew in me. 
um, they both grew up more in me um, as the process went on. Uh, and that I found to be fascinating because it can't, they can't happen without each other, right? Yeah, and here you are in, you know, we're trying to, a lot of people are saying we're, we're moving towards the, the intradromia, right? The end of this patriarchal, hyper-masculinized culture. Mm. And there you are sort of at the forefront of making this transition in the midst of a lot of not that. Right. Yeah. So even in this industry, a yeah. female director, producer, um, with feminine principles and ideals, uh, feminine um, sensibility, trying to grow this voice, it's sort of like it was like against yeah. all odds exactly. in some way, right? Exactly. How perfect. It was. It was. It was like a. It was a heroine's journey. You know, I had to find um, resources in myself that I never really knew that were there yeah. um, because I was so hell-bent on this. I mean, it was the reason I was here. I mean, mm-hmm. to bring forth this voice inside myself, to express it in some way, that was so potent, and I was driven to do it. Um, and so I was going to have to do it, and I suffered quite a bit. You know, I, I suffered in terms of not wanting to be so visibly, visibly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, who wants mm-hmm. to put themselves on on a screen being so vulnerable, you know. Um, but I had to allow it to happen over and over and deal with my own terror about being visible, about uh, being attacked, because, of course, there's this history of attack around uh, strong women. Um, so it was, it, I'll just say this last thing, it was my guide and my teacher, this film. Well, I'll tell you one thing I want to talk about when we get back is you said the masculine and feminine grow together, and this is something that's really critical to talk about. The masculine, what's happening to the masculine as we are addressing the feminine? We get back more after these messages. Everybody said type back with Mickey McFeely. As she is, it's the film we're talking about. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find Catch and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Everybody, we're so glad. Are you grooving? Everybody's grooving in that little ditty, right? It's 
such a cute little loop. Um, more on that another time. Megan McFeely is joining us here on Mary and I. We're talking about her new film, As She Is, which has won awards. I mean, I'm just gushing with pride over my friends and her accomplishments, not just because she's my friend, but because, Megan, you have taken a stand for the feminine, the divine feminine, the resurgence, in a way that has been such a gorgeous inquiry. It's not like you're at anything. It's not like you've had something to prove. It was something, as you've said, if you're just joining us, that called you. The soul is calling us all, and in personal and non-personal ways. And your personal journey has brought you forward, you continuing to listen and call and create relationship with this feminine aspect. And before we went to break, I was saying... We are just about to get into the masculine principle, mm-hmm. right? And that there was, you even had some dissension a little bit between you and your editor. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit, or let's get into a discussion about mm-hmm. what's happening with the masculine mm-hmm. principle as the feminine principle, the soul, is coming out of the shadows today. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good discussion and question, and I can really only speak about it from my own direct experience, because otherwise it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, what happened was that it got stronger. My masculine principle got stronger in order to support and um, and hold my feminine. Now, there is this aspect in the human in the female psyche of this negative patriarchal voice. You know, it's you're not good enough, you don't know what you're doing, you're too emotional, you're too powerful, you know, all this. That voice was really present in me. And um, so that's the negative masculine. And I, I really had to work directly with that aspect of myself in order to be able to bring anything forth. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise I was completely stifled and uh, uh, disempowered by this this internalized uh, negative masculine voice that all women have because we've been raised in a culture that has these feelings about the feminine in general. Um, So I had to deal with that. Um, And I also really gave visibility to that. I said, well, you know, I continued in a dialogue with that voice so that I could befriend it, so that I could have a relationship to it, you know, so that I could understand where it's coming from. And what I learned was that in a certain, you know, messed up way, it's trying to protect you mm-hmm. from getting visible because you will be attacked mm-hmm. if you're visible. Mm-hmm. So I then created this relationship with that part of myself. Um, and so, and that means, you know, through meditation, through um uh, active imagination, which is something Jung does, uh, it, it, to have this relationship. And, and so what was happening was this deep healing inside was going on in my psyche. You know, how do I bring forth this feminine voice and also value the masculine who's a, who is afraid of the feminine? Because the feminine is not something that can be well plotted out it's not well-defined. It's not something you can tr- control or manage. It is an expression of life. Like, you can't really manage weeds. You know, we try, but they just grow everywhere, and that's an expression of life. And I think that, that the masculine is really afraid of this feminine power, which is, like I said, it's almost, un- 
it's not understandable. I'll give you just an example. Um, synchronicities and being connected into the web of life is something that women are really good at. And so things just happen. You know, you can't go, oh, I, this is, I plotted this whole thing out, then this and this and this happened. No, there's a magic around this feminine power. And it just, things happen that you could never plan to have happen. Like if you sit down next to a guy or a woman on an airplane and all of a sudden you find out, you know, they have a TV show and they want you on it. And it's like those things you can't plan. Um, it's a million little ways in which life shows you the magic that we need to be responding to, but it's not something we can control. And that's where I think a deep fear comes from around the feminine and women who, you know, men and women obviously both uh, have masculine and feminine traits, but women tend to live more from that. And so I think that that's one of the reasons there's a lot of fear and distrust. Yep. Uh, do you think we're healing that now? Well, I believe that, you know, we each individual is the microcosm of the macrocosm. And if you're doing your work around these wounds, then then we are healing it as a collective. But if you're not, you know, then there are there are going to be continued issues around this. I mean, look at the backlash with regard to our um, our current politics. You know, there's been a real backlash against the feminine, um, and women are trying to figure out their voice and and claim their power, um, but in a masculine way. So my film really talks about how do we claim our voice and power in a feminine way? What does that even look like? I mean, I didn't know because I lived a masculine for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I had, the question for me was so potent and so deep, the question, what is the feminine? Because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the question, I want to say this because it's so important to me, the question called, it was like a call from out to the universe, from my soul. It's like a, a, a longing, you know, and the call at this deep level, was what brought to me my own feminine knowing. It brought back to me my own feminine knowing. The deep call, the deep longing inside myself, that's a feminine power, longing. And, um, and that's what I think that, that everybody has a question. It's like a soul question. And it's the thing that can help bring us back round, you know, and if everybody was asking this question at a really deep level, then then they're really deeply in touch with their own soul and with the feminine, you know? Yeah, I love this. And uh, finding that question is, is an art that's a, a deep devotion. It is. Uh, to wanting to be guided by this deeper inquiry, yeah. this deeper yes. knowing. What has surprised you the most about um, trying to answer that question for yourself in terms, specifically in terms of the way you live your life now. Yeah. Ooh, God, Marianne. Well, I didn't even know that that was happening, to be honest with you. I was just so driven to get the question answered, and I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just didn't even realize that it was the longing for the answer to that question that brought the answer to me. Now, that is a surprise. That that was absolutely shocking. I had no idea things function like that, but that's what feminine power is, or an aspect of feminine power. I just that word just really just lit me all up. I could feel it in my heart and my belly. I don't know about you listeners, longing, sitting with that. What are you longing for, 
Stick with that while we go to break. We'll be right back right after these messages. More with Megan McFeely right here on Marion Live. As she is, we're going to be talking about her film, where you can find it, how you can watch it. More and more and more right here when we get back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered no, no more, more love, love life, life drama, drama for, for us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com Okay, we're super excited that you're back because we got something we really want to talk about here. Megan's film came from a deep listening, a deep longing that the soul wanted to know itself. It wanted to move from the shadow into the light. The personal part of that was Megan's own listening into that, figuring out how to do that in a culture that doesn't necessarily support that in the West. Okay, here here we are asking this question now: How do we listen when we have? the most undifferentiated, patriarchal, or masculine sort of way of moving through the world. Well, what we were saying during the break is that the unconscious wants to be conscious. Soul wants to know itself, okay? And what happens is, is what, when that material shows up, it shows up in projection, because we can't be with it. It's too uncomfortable. It shows up in dreams, and it shows up in affect. Typically, affect meaning these uncomfortable feeling states that we don't want to kind of overwhelm you and, you know, eclipse you, can, right? Marianne, can you, can you give an example of what oh, yeah. this morning, right. I think that's right. important, it's simple. And so, so based on what Megan has been saying to us, so this morning I was getting ready for the show and I had an affective state that I didn't want. I was feeling agitated and, and, and stir crazy and, you know, and I kept trying to push it away. And the old paradigm, the way I was brought up was don't. So what? you got a show to do. Sit down and force myself. But this thing kept growing. I didn't want it. And the more I didn't want it, the more the feeling grew. Well, my practice, my beautiful feminine said, sweetheart, sit down. Five minutes. Just listen. Turn in and listen. And as soon as I sat down, literally, an image came forward. I have goosebumps just saying this to you. An image came forward. I still don't know what it means, but I relaxed. 
I knew there was a piece of me that knew, oh, good, I'm moving towards what wants my attention, right, yeah. Megan? So it's absolutely. like this. It's absolutely, I mean, such a beautiful example of ma- making space for yourself to listen. Now, a lot of people listen, and they're listening to their ego desires. And there needs to be a differentiation between listening to your ego desires and listening to the calling of the soul. Now, the calling of the soul often are things you, you might not want to do. And, and so being able to discern, it takes a, a while. Um, is this like, is this a pattern of mine? Is this a, a story of mine? Versus is this a deep longing and something that needs my, my utter attention? Um, but a lot of people say, oh, that's my soul's calling. And I look at and I go, well, <laughs> you know, maybe, but if it's something that you want, then it it might not be, right? Yeah, Carl Jung said the soul speaks to us in things that are unexpected, unwanted, yeah. etc. Right? Exactly, <laughs> uncomfortable. That's right. Who the hell wants right. to put their life yeah. on display? That's you know, right. Right. like it, it. It's true. It's yeah. like okay, and and, it's, and I'm, I have to be honest. I'm not fully discerning myself, you know, like of course. I'm, you know, here and there and everywhere sometimes. Like but, the rest of us. Right, exactly. But there are times that something rings so deep and true that it feels, sounds, smells different than that ego story of, you know, I'm, you know, I'm this and that. Yeah, it's not fleeting, it's deep and wide, it's, and you can put, right. you can cash that check in the bank every single time. Yeah. It's, it's never true. overdrawn. It's, it's true, right? It's totally yeah. true. So that's the, what, it's the good stuff. It's the hardest stuff, but it's the good yeah. stuff. What are other yeah. people saying that have seen your movie? Because people are walking oh, away yeah. with some real transforma- transformational yeah. thoughts and experiences. Well, uh, it's so moving for me because people walk into the screening and they get transformed in the moment because there's love given. The film gives love. It also helps you see who you are, you know, as this, as this great being. Not this, like, me, I'm great, but as a great being in a deep way. And um, m- what people are experiencing are, you know, I had this young woman ask me the other day. I mean, they're asking me such deep questions, Marianne. I feel maybe I shouldn't reveal them, but they're, they're so deep about their own personal process and um i mean there there are people that i could quote like you know joanna macy and um bill plotkin and um um others i have a bunch of quotes about the film um you know joanna macy most people know him bill plotkin is is a great being as well he's doing deep work with the soul and, and ecology because our relationship feminine relationship to the land is so essential for the healing of the earth. And that's another thing I just need to say is that women, I think, have a capacity to help heal the earth, but we have to give our love to the earth. Mm. You know, sit in meditation and be grateful. You know, you're talking about gratitude earlier. Can we be grateful for what we've been given from the earth? Can we send our love to the soul of the earth? Because she is wounded so deeply from our taking, you know. And this whole journey that women are on to find their own voice is also the soul 
journey for the earth, and there's no disconnection there. No, metaphor. Look at your own life. Where yeah. have you just taken, taken, taken from your energy and not replenished or know yeah. how to take care of it? Yeah. Hey, look, we're yeah. coming up to the top of the okay. hour. You have to come back and talk to us again, and people need to go see the movie. Uh, you need to go right now, com for more information. What do you want to leave us with, Megan? I guess I just said what I wanted to leave us with, but, you know, people can buy the DVD on the, on the website, um, and there's going to be screenings um, all around the country, um, mostly on the East Coast at this point. Um, but um, the, I guess the thing that, that we, we need, I think, desperately now is, is our love, and women need to bring love to relationship to themselves and to the earth. That is what we need to orient ourselves around. Um, and I don't know how that gets done, but if every woman does what they feel is bringing love into the world, first they have to deal with their anger because otherwise, you know, this love could be just an idea of what needs to be done. Anger needs to be seen because it's absolutely critical and important, but you have to feel it. You have to be able to feel your anger, and that's another thing that's so important. Women need to feel their emotions and not lash out, but sit in their own emotion and allow it to transform them because emotion is the energy for sacred alchemy. So we hold the energy of our emotions, we feel our own pain, and then we act out of love for those around us and our earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said there's no separation between the, the earth and her emotion and feeling and ours and yeah. tapping into that personal and more than personal. You've done an exquisite job <laughs> of illustrating that in your journey and the divine feminine's journey speaking through you, Megan. Gorgeous job. God bless. So yeah. same with you, sister. Without yeah. you, I couldn't also be really present. Well, lucky for us, we don't need to worry about that because we're here for each other and hopefully yeah. setting yeah. an example, yeah. which we're not trying to do, but no. we need each other and yeah. we're happy about it. We're yeah. happy and we know a clap your hands. Okay, everybody, you want to go to ashyis.com <laughs> for more information. Check out Megan's film. Get a copy. Go to a screening. Uh, is there more to come? Do we have another film on deck? Yeah, it's it's in here. It's, it's here. And I just need to figure out how to fund it. Anybody wants to donate, there's a button on the site. (laughs) I love it. Sorry. No, don't be. That's right. For people feel moved, sometimes the resource they have to give is that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Sit tight. We're going to be back for our wrap. Thanks for joining us, Megan McFeely. As she is, check it out, online.com. Back in just a minute, everybody. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships begin within self-inquiry divination deck because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. 
Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. What a gorgeous program, Megan McFeely. Thanks for joining us. An amazing film, everybody. I loved watching her film. It takes you on a gorgeous, gorgeous divine feminine odyssey through Megan's personal and not-so-personal experience, uh, sharing it with us all. Uh, check it out online, asheis.com. Next week, join us same time, same place here on Mary Ann Live. Sarah Granger is going to be in the house talking about how the the Digital Mystique, the title of her new book, How the Culture of Connecting Can Empower Your Life, a wonderful book that we're going to be talking with our author about. In the meantime, third part of your practice, go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Go do something good and nice for somebody else, actually. And uh, check out our new website, MarianLive.com. We've got um, classes and practices, our divination deck, and we've even got it on um, uh, the App Store. You can get it for 99 cents. Our great relationships begin within divination deck. We'd love to share it with you. Okay, everybody. See you next time. I wish you every blessing. Until then, take care. <laughs> 